Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney, and I'm coming to you solo for this episode 43 because we're reviewing Higehiro. After being rejected, I shaved and took in a high school runaway, and Carl didn't watch this anime. As always, there'll be spoilers throughout this episode, so you've been warned. Talk about an unexpected hit for spring 2021. I loved Higehiro. And to preface this, um, I was not expecting it to be as wholesome and as dramatic as it actually turned out to be because looking at the title alone, it's pretty sus. If you listen to our episode on our spring 2021 anime first impressions, you'll remember that I mentioned how two anime in particular caught my eye, but I didn't know how to feel about them. One was Higehiro and the other was Koikimo. And based on the synopses alone, I thought that um, this show, Higehiro, was going to be the dumpster fire of spring 2021 uh, season and that Koikimo was also kind of in that vein, but maybe like less so. But honestly, watching Higehiro and Koikimo, both of them were surprisingly great in my eyes. And watching Higehiro alongside Koikimo at the same time was weird because the concepts are opposite of what I expected, and the main characters are also kind of opposite from what I expected. Like, both seemed like they were going to be some, like, lolly shit, because you've got high school girls and older men. But I think while Koikimo ended up being more of that love story, Higehiro actually ended up being a little more of, like, a coming-of-age story and accepting one's past and being able to move forward through the help of someone who's close to you and someone who's your support system. And yeah, I just, I was not expecting that based on the title. I mean, again, the title is After Being Rejected, I Shaved and Took in a High School Runaway. I mean, that, that's a very, uh, it's a very literal, but kind of misleading title for what the story actually ends up being. And the title is wrong. I do want to call that out right off the bat because Yoshida actually shaved after bringing Sayu home, not the other way around. So uh, that's one, one little nugget of information for you. Um, but one cool thing about this anime before we dive into it is that at some point, the anime surpassed the manga. I think it was like in the latter half of the show. So it's kind of cool, you know, going through some of like the, the community posts and stuff about this show episode by episode and reaching that point where manga only fans were like, well, now we have no clue what's going to happen. We're all kind of in this together, enjoying the ride as it's happening for the very first time. But let's dive into it. Um, as always, with these uh, solo episodes that I do sometimes, um, I like to kind of break things up instead of episodically, like we do when it's both Carl and I reviewing an anime. I like to break it up based on categories. So first off, we'll talk animation and soundtrack. Then we'll talk characters, which will lead very nicely into talking about the actual plot and the writing for the story. And then we'll wrap it up with the ending. Animation-wise, um, I thought it was average. I, I didn't find anything particularly striking about the animation um, and the quality of it. There were certainly some scenes throughout the show that I think maybe there wasn't enough budget or something with the animation kind of took a, a dip. But um, I think at its best, the animation was just average. It wasn't bad. I'm not trying to, to knock the animators or anything like that. You know, it's, it's I'm sure, a very difficult um, industry to be in. But compared to some of the other shows that were, that were out spring 2021, you could tell like this was mid-tier in terms of the level of animation quality you were getting throughout the show. One thing that kind of threw me off, though, with the animation is the girls' heads 
always looked huge because the way they animated their facial features, they kind of scrunched everything down on the lower half of their faces. And like, I think all of them had bangs, right? So like the tops of their heads were covered, but they they just kind of looked squished. Like when I pull up a picture of like Sayu or Goto or Mishima, they just look like squished faces, kind of like if you've seen Promise Neverland, the way they animated the kids gave them really big heads, like just prominent foreheads. I wouldn't say it's like prominent foreheads necessarily, but it's just like they took all the facial features and lowered them down again to the, the lower half of their faces. So it looked odd. They didn't do that with the men at all or the male characters. It was just the female characters. And I don't know if that's intentional to try and make them look cuter, but to me, it was a little off-putting. I got used to it eventually, but in the beginning, it was kind of weird. As far as the OP and the ED go, um, I don't have too much to say about either of them. At first, I was kind of lukewarm, but after listening to them a few times, I found them both to be pretty good, um, pretty solid um, songs. They're, the OP is pretty hype, and the ED, I think, is a good fit for the show. I actually enjoyed the visuals a bit more than the music itself because I, I felt like it was a balance of, of fun visuals, but also a focus on Yoshida and Sayu, and not in like a, a weird way because, you know, if, if it's a romantic story, then typically the OP and the ED have visuals that hint that at some point the characters will be together but here it was very clear in in these visuals that it was focused on their relationship in terms of you know him being the guardian for her i felt like the visuals were uh, a nice compliment to what you actually got in the show characters wise um i i do have notes on everybody but by and large yoshida is the one I want to talk about the most and the one I want to focus on the most. In my opinion, Yoshida is the best protagonist of the spring 2021 anime season. And I know we're only halfway through the year, but I may also argue that Yoshida is a contender for the best protagonist of 2021. Literally every episode that went by, I loved Yoshida more and more. He's such a good, wholesome protagonist that is so rare nowadays. You have wholesome protagonists, but there's always some sort of caveat, always something weird about them. But with Yoshida, he's just straightforward. He just is himself. He's a fucking Chad. Throughout the show, people were constantly questioning if he has feelings for Sayu, if he did anything to her, if he wants to do anything to her, and he quickly and definitely says no every single time. He, without question, doesn't see her in a romantic way, although maybe sometimes he has you know a moment where he may feel something because she's really cute but really he's more her guardian and her mentor who wants to help set her life on the right path he is the absolute best and i am obsessed with his character i also love how blunt he is with sayu he's not sugarcoating stuff or trying to you know pretend like things are going to be just fine for her he genuinely cares about her and her well-being and he wants her to have a realistic outlook on life so that she can be prepared for what she has to tackle by the end of this show, which is her past and her family issues. And I also really appreciate how kind he is without really thinking about it. It's just in his nature to be a kind, caring person, not only to Sayu, but to a lot of the other characters as well. And throughout the show, I had my fingers crossed, hoping that this relationship between him and Sayu would stay more of a mentor-mentee or like a younger sister, older brother type of thing, or even a daughter-father figure type of relationship. 
Um, at certain points, I was like, who knows which direction they're going to go with this. Because um, sometimes they would hint that he has no interest in her at all. And then other times, again, like he would have a quick moment where she says something and he blushes or like he'll hesitate if someone asks, like, how do you feel about her? But again, I appreciate how he stuck to his guns throughout the show about her behavior and about how he sees her and his relationship with her. And I think ultimately, and I'll talk about this a little bit more when we get to the ending, I think ultimately they made it clear that yes, while he cares about her, it's not a romantic relationship in the sense of like an actual romance anime. Then there's Sayu, who I found to be incredibly endearing and much stronger than she was given credit for in the actual show. She had an incredibly difficult past with, you know, not having a father, having a mother who wishes she was never born, um, her friend, you know, basically killing herself because of Sayu, but not really, um, or at least Sayu feeling like she was responsible for that. And then, of course, running away from home and trying to make it on her own in the only way she can really think of, which is sleeping with men in order to have a place to stay. Despite all of that, she constantly puts on this facade of being happy and cheerful and that everything's okay. And it's both impressive that she's able to do that given everything that she's gone through and incredibly heartbreaking that that's where her mind goes in order to hide everything that she's been through and kind of bottle it all up so that it doesn't bother other people or that other people don't have to know about it when she should be, you know, reaching out and, and seeking help because she's been through so much. So she was, um, yeah, she was a heartbreaking yet endearing character all around. And then for the harem factor, we have Goto and Mishima. So Goto seemed to be toying with Yoshida in the beginning, but by the end of it, I felt like she honestly had feelings for Yoshida, but wasn't sure what she wanted to do about that. And I'm sure part of it is because she's Yoshida's boss. And as always, Yoshida was incredibly impressive by saying, okay, I'll wait for you when they were having their one conversation, I think at the barbecue place. Instead of pressuring Goto to, to be with him and, and to sleep with him, he was more of a gentleman and said, all right, when you're ready to move forward in this relationship, I'll be here. I'll wait for you until then. And then there's Mishima. And I don't know, like I started to like Mishima in the beginning and then I did a 180 at a certain point, probably about halfway through the show. And I found her to be really, really annoying. So in general, I see Goto and Mishima in completely different lights um, from how I saw them in the beginning. Um, in, the, in the beginning, I was weary of Goto after seeing kind of how she first interacted with Yoshida and that she was just kind of using him for attention. And then at the end of the show, we got a better sense of her personality and I really appreciated her. She enjoys being mysterious and she's not afraid to, to admit that. Um, and she's definitely one of the most confident characters, but she's also a really kind-hearted person and she's good at being frank with others. She's definitely blunt with both Yoshida and Sayu. Um, especially in that episode where she meets Sayu and tells her that she can't keep running away forever and hiding behind Yoshida. She says that she needs to accept Yoshida's kindness by not hiding in his apartment and actually facing her past so she can go back to having a normal life, which in turn shows Yoshida how appreciative she is that he's been keeping her safe until, you know, she's ready to, to face her past. So yeah, I definitely gained a lot of respect for Goto after that conversation with Sayu. On the flip side, I started to like Mishima because she had a really great conversation with Sayu when she met her. 
Um, and she seemed to really be supporting Yoshida and Sayu in their their unique relationship. But by the end of the show, I felt like she was more selfish than she originally let on. She was basically telling Yoshida at one point that if he's serious about Goto, then he has to do something about Sayu and hide her away. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She also was kind of a fucking stalker following Goto and Yoshida and then um, of course, Yoshida's too nice and kind of brushes it all off, but I would have been like, what are you doing? Why are you following me? And why do you keep inviting me out to movies? Mishima really had the potential to be good and caring, but I think she let her jealousy impair her judgment far too often. And she takes things out on Sayu because she sees Sayu as sort of a rival when she really shouldn't. She did bring up a good point though, and I think this is in the episode where Sayu and Mishima go to that karaoke room. Um, but she brings up a good point that Yoshida and Sayu are psychologically dependent on each other because they're both, they've both brought good things into each other's lives. But the way she presents it is that like it's a completely bad thing. While dependency on a high level isn't good, I think in this situation, it's more like there's a lot of good that came with their relationship, but they should still be cautious um, that eventually Sayu has to go home and that they won't be ready for it. And um, I think the way that Mishima presents that concept in that karaoke room scene is way more dramatic and way more intense than really it needed to be. Like she, again, paints it in this light that it's a completely bad dependency. It's a completely bad relationship, which I don't think is fair at all. And I think discounts everything that they've brought to each other that has been positive and has helped improve each other's lives. Then there's Hashimoto and Asami, which are both Yoshida and Sayu's respective friends. Um, I would say they're both solid friends. Hashimoto is awesome at the end when he's helping to convince Yoshida that he needs to go with Sayu um, when she returns home. And Asami, who at first I didn't like, she seemed a bit slimy. She actually turned out to be a good friend as well, who has good intuition and genuinely cares for Sayu. So both of them are A-plus friends in my eyes. And then there's Sayu's brother and mother. And I'm going to hold off on talking about them till we talk about the ending because I feel like there's a lot more I have to say that really ties into the ending of this show. For the actual plot in this story, and I don't mean <laughs> Goto or Sayu's plot, but the actual story itself and the writing, I just thought it was really, really good. Like there wasn't anything that was mind blowing about the way the show was written, but the story itself, the concept and the way all of the events unfolded I was so interested week after week. This is one of the shows during spring 2021 that I could not wait to watch as soon as it went up on Crunchyroll. <laughs> I was like, I need to see this immediately. I need to know what happens next. Um, it was really sad seeing the effects of Sayu's past controlling her thoughts and behaviors over and over and over again throughout this show, especially when she first meets Yoshida and she's very hesitant about him and, and about you know who to believe and, and what's the right thing to do. But it was amazing to see Yoshida stick to his beliefs around protecting her and setting her straight, even if she had moments of weakness or even if she had doubts about him. I honestly was super worried, um, especially in the beginning that we were gonna go down the romance path, but I'm very glad Again, that Yoshida flat out told Sayu that yes, any guy would be turned on by her actions, but he's not in love with her and that sleeping with her would not make him happy. 
He also doesn't want anything in return other than her to stay with him because he cares about her and enjoys her company. At least that's what initially he tells her when um, she's questioning if she deserves to be in his apartment. And I think that's just such a simple thing to say to somebody who's got a lot going on and is trying to mentally overcome everything that happened in her past. Don't add complexity to her life, right? Just tell her what it is. You're a nice person. I enjoy having you here. You're going to do all the chores. And in return, you'll have a place to stay. One writing choice that I thought was really smart is that it took about, I don't know, I think like eight to nine episodes to finally start divulging Sayu's past to us as the audience. And it was given to us little by little. They didn't just kind of dump it all on us by episode eight or nine. It was like, here's a little bit of information, right? Like, who's this stalker guy that's trying to find her? It's her brother. Why is he trying to find her? Why does she run away from home? Here's a little bit more information for you. I appreciate that because it's it kind of plays into how it takes time for Sayu to feel ready to talk about her past, even with Yoshida. And us as the audience, we're not privy to that any sooner than Yoshida is. We find out at the same time, I think at the same time that he does, um, right around the same time. And, you know, it's it's more of a focus, at least in the beginning of the story, on Yoshida and Sayu's unique relationship. And when she's ready to tell him all the information, we get to find out at the same time. And in terms of Sayu's story or her backstory, um, man, her mom is a selfish bitch. And Yuko, her friend, um, and heroed because of bullying. And it's weird because Yuko kept saying that it wasn't Sayu's fault. And that it's, you know, Yuko's fault for befriending her and ruining her happiness. But from Sayu's end, I'm sure that's not very convincing to hear. And that I, I'm not surprised she feels responsible. She finally understands that really it was not her fault when, you know, Yoshida lays into her and says, look, it is not because of you that she killed herself. There are many other things that factored into that. Um, but when that's all you hear right before someone commits suicide, that, you know, it's my fault for, for befriending you and ruining your happiness, you can't help but feel responsible. Sayu also didn't have a father in her life. Um, he, I believe, left the family for another woman after Sayu's mom became pregnant with her. And um, because of that, Sayu's mom regrets ever giving birth to her and is not afraid to say that to her. And that's just it's just awful. I mean, between the stuff with Yuko and her her parents, I am not surprised Sayu needed to run away from home and, you know, get a bit of space and, and do a bit of thinking. It's not a good situation for her and it's not a happy home for her. But one thing that, um, upon, you know, when we heard about Sayu's father and, and that whole situation, that helped me understand the previous episode, I think at the festival, where Sayu and Yoshida hold hands. It, like To me, it made more sense. At first, when I saw that, I was like, why are they holding hands? This is very romantic. It makes me uncomfortable. And then they did the same thing when Yoshida and Sayu were at Sayu's house. I think when they were hanging out outside, um, they held hands for a little bit. Those things, I think, gave me some pause. But after learning that she basically didn't have a father, to me, that action feels a little bit less romantic and more like she just wanted to hold hands with a parent who cares about her because she's never really had that growing up again from either her mother or her father. There is one slightly gray area that um, I think was intentionally left somewhat open-ended by the end of the show and that's Sayu and Yoshida's feelings for each other and I mean more of like romantic feelings. So again I was 
really hoping that this show would end with them just keeping this familial relationship instead of starting a romantic relationship. And I believe that's what we got at the end. Um, but they did slightly leave it open-ended because, you know, Sayu confesses her feelings for Yoshida and says, if I were older, you know, I, I would definitely date you. And well, I think she still wants to date him right now, but he, <laughs> he kind of says like, hang on a second. Um, and I'm not crazy about that ending just because like, I, I don't know, I get it. I get why Sayu would have romantic feelings for him, at least on some level, because he's the first person that really cared about her in this way. Um, so maybe she's a bit confused. I don't know, but there were definitely some moments where Yoshida was like thinking about that a little bit, but ultimately said, I don't have feelings for you in that way. And there were a couple of moments too throughout the story that they they kind of made us question what was going on between them. For example, I got super worried when there was that accidental like fall on top of him moment where I think Sayu was cleaning and then she tripped and then he, she fell on top of Yoshida on the bed or whatever. And we get a, a moment where Yoshida is blushing. And I think he's blushing because it's kind of an awkward moment. I mean, he he's admitted that she's an attractive person, um, but he really had no reflection on what happened or the awkwardness after that. He just kind of brushed it off after she got off of him. So that was another moment where it was clear that he, and I think Sayu too, didn't really think anything of it after and they weren't really phased. And they had me in the first half, not going to lie. But I think the point of that was to remind us that this is not a romantic relationship. It is more of a, a family or a guardian type of relationship, at least from Yoshida's point, right? Like who wouldn't blush if a chick falls on top of you on your bed? But he like didn't comment on it. He just got up and was like, are you okay? <laughs> like you fell down. Are you okay? <laughs> There's also another moment, I think, when Sayu is getting ready to meet with her brother, um, where they showed us how Sayu gets changed. Yoshida waits in the front area by the kitchen and gives her her privacy. It was a very small detail, one thing that happened really quick in the show, but it's a big character moment for him. Um, it, again, it shows that he cares about her in a, um, you know, a, a family way, a familial way, and doesn't try to peep on her. He gives her her space. Like it's something I did wonder about. Like it's a studio apartment, basically. How do they get dressed and have like moments of privacy? And this shows us that. I also did like side note after she got dressed and then opened up the door, how they had a really sweet hug, um, like a very sweet moment between the two of them before she gets ready to to face her brother head on. Like that was that was a really nice moment. But again, going back to how they ended things on somewhat of a, a not so clear spot, um, I think overall, like they were trying to appease to both the fans who wanted them to get together romantically. And then I think the larger group of us that were happy to see them have a platonic relationship because platonic relationships are very, very rare in anime. Yeah, the whole time I was just kind of thinking in my head, like, please, 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 please don't make this into a romance. I love their relationship as a guardian and a dependent or as a father and a daughter and watching the two of them help each other grow. I don't want them to be separated in the end and I'm glad that they did get back together, um, you know, not together romantically, but they reunited at the end of the show um, because they're so important to each other. But all I really could ask for from the show is that Yoshida and Sayu stay family like they have throughout this entire anime. So let's talk ending. And I'm going to do something slightly different. I'm going to like blend our <laughs> our normal way of doing things here at Strictly Anime where we talk through things episodically, but also 
knowing that I don't often do that for my solo podcast episodes. Um, I'm going to talk very briefly about the last four episodes just because I have so many notes and there's a lot that happens in those four episodes that I think that deserve to have their moment in the spotlight. So I'm going to start with episode 10. This is the episode where I think in the latter half, Sayu goes off on a walk, but Asami and Yoshida can't find her and he panics um, and leaves work to try and locate her thinking that she disappeared or ran away again. So this was a great episode that really got me in the feels. And I feel like Mishima was a bit better in this episode, actually being supportive of Yoshida going to Hokkaido with Sayu and, and helping her kind of confront her her mother and to me episode 10 really confirmed that Yoshida and Sayu's relationship is parent childlike. I got nervous when Sayu asked to sleep in the bed with Yoshida but I actually ended up adoring that scene after it concluded. It was so well done so as not to come across as uncomfortable or trying to insinuate anything you know lewd. And they even joke about Yoshida not trying anything creepy or Sayu not trying anything funny or she'll, or she'll get kicked out, which Yoshida even jokes, yeah, I'll kick you out early before you have to officially leave. It was a great moment between the two of them um, that again felt like a daughter just kind of jumping into the bed with her her father or father-like figure um, so that they could just have you know one last kind of moment between the two of them. I also, I think before that, loved the panic that Yoshida goes through when Sayu seemingly disappeared and how he scolded her when they finally found her. Again, that feels very parent-like, right? Like you wouldn't really get scolded by somebody who's your boyfriend. And then the scene, I think this happened at the very end of the episode, but the scene with them looking at the stars was also great. Um, I, one thing I appreciate the most about this scene is that Sayu did all the talking and Yoshida just listened which I believe is what Sayu wanted this whole time, to be heard and to know someone who cares about her is listening. And I did find it odd at first that Yoshida would drop everything and go to Hokkaido, but ultimately it shows that one, he cares about Sayu more than anything else and wants to continue to be there for her. And two, he really had no ties to his current life, other than like his best friend uh, Hashimoto and perhaps his interest in Goto. And Sayu is the the meaning in his life. So he's willing to go somewhere else just to be with her. And he tries to deny it, saying that work needs him and all that stuff. But again, Hashimoto reminds him that family is most important, not work. In episode 11, we get the scene where um, Yoshida and Sayu spend a little bit of time in the cafe. And Sayu shares more about her sheltered life, even before everything that happened with Yuko. And we learn that, you know, she wasn't having issues with her mom after Yuko killed herself, but her entire life, she's been having issues with her mom. She's lived this incredibly sheltered life where she didn't even know what it was like to have friends or to go out and be a teenager. And then in the latter half of the episode, Yoshida goes to the rooftop with Sayu, and she's finally able to let all of the bottled up frustration and emotion out with him by her side to pick her back up. And this is a great scene because it puts both characters out of their element. You have Sayu, who's always been calm and composed as she tries to hide her true feelings behind this wall. And here she finally shows so much emotion and vulnerability. And then on the flip side, Yoshida is always chill and pretends to be passive. But here he helps her confront this head on with some honesty and tough love and also shows a lot of emotion and compassion. Like he's been a compassionate character this entire show, but he doesn't often show a lot of emotion. He just tries to be level-headed the whole time. 
And then the episode ends with them arriving to Sayu's house and she gets a huge slap in the face, literally, by her mom. And I just thought, damn, the next episode is going to be really intense. And episode 12 was exactly that, incredibly intense. And all it was was a conversation. It was like probably one of the most uncomfortable and intense conversations I've ever experienced while watching anime. Sayu's mother is an insufferable, psychotic bitch. And I think the real root cause is her mental health and that she needs some serious professional help. I will say props to her voice actress for a great performance. The whole time, just listening to her talk through everything and try to rationalize everything with her her ridiculous mindset was just, oh man, it just gave me the, the chills. And I did notice, and this is a very small detail, but I think one that plays into the type of person that she is, Sayu's mother, is that when they pan out and they show you all four of them in the room together, if you look at the table, I think she gave Yoshida a glass of tea or whatever the drink is, and everyone else has mugs. And I'm like, man, just that tiny little bit there really plays into the fact that she is just a bitter bitch. We do learn more about Sayu's brother here and his personality, and I get he's trying to play the peacekeeper in the family, but at some point, he needs to make his mom realize that her behavior um, and mentality is completely fucked up so that things can start to improve in this family. Like, I just wanted to take the guy and shake the shit out of him and be like, man up. You need to help your sister in this situation and your mother by just telling her like it is. If I were Yoshida, I'd honestly be concerned that Sayu might get hurt staying with her mentally unstable mom, um, knowing that her brother needs to kind of grow a pair, because I wouldn't necessarily trust her brother to fully protect her if anything were to happen. Just again, seeing how he interacts with his mom as she's freaking out on Sayu. But luckily Yoshida is there and he was a fucking Chad as always, just the best protagonist. When he said he wants to take Sayu in himself, I got major feels. But then he says how it's ultimately her family's responsibility to take care of Sayu. And while it kind of pained me to hear that, because I, I ultimately want Sayu and Yoshida to, to be together as a family, I think what he's trying to do is push the family to heal. Otherwise, Sayu will carry this with her forever, even if she is taken in by Yoshida. And that doesn't really fix or solve anything. And after the conversation, when he started crying, that was so out of character for him, but in a good way. It shows how impacted he was by the situation and how much he cares about Sayu. And I honestly got a little bit choked up when he started crying and opened up to Sayu about everything. Because again, like it was just unexpected for him. And you just feel so much for him and what he's going through and wanting to protect her that, you know, you can't help but get a little emotional. And as I mentioned earlier, this time around, the handholding between Sayu and Yoshida didn't bother me. Again, it felt very much like a parent showing affection to their child. And it's also an important moment for their bond, especially after going through that conversation. There was no blushing or hesitation from either of them. And I think that shows that they really do have this special bond that isn't romantic, but is more familial. And I will keep repeating that over and over again because I'm just adamant about the two of them not being together romantically. And in episode 13, the final episode of this show, we see Yoshida return home. We see Sayu decide to stay with her mother and kind of work things out. And then, of course, we get the resolution where Sayu comes back to reunite with Yoshida. And in this final episode, they really hammered it hard that Yoshida does not have romantic feelings for Sayu. Like, they put a lot of trials in front of him, almost like a bit too much. 
and he overcame each of those trials like sayu offering to sleep with him because it was the last time that they'd be together offering to touch her boobs um her brother asking if yoshida's in love with sayu even her confessing to him again at the end of um not the end of the episode but when when they're about to part ways at the airport and him saying that he doesn't think of her in that way so as i alluded to earlier in this podcast episode i feel like they were trying to appease to both of the camps the the camp that really wants them to be together romantically and the camp that doesn't, which, as you know, I'm in. They also show us um, when Yoshida's back in the office that, or maybe they hinted a little bit that Yoshida and Goto have some sparks forming when she says that she'd invite him out separately and he kind of blushed and then Mishima got jealous. I think that's to help us understand that in the future, they'll probably end up together. So all in all, I think they ended the show very well. What was most important, at least for me, were two things. One, reinforcing the bond and the relationship that Sayu and Yoshida have. And two, reuniting them at the end so they can actually be together as a family. And we got both at the end of the show, and I could not be happier. So my final thoughts on Higehiro. I mean, really, there's nothing to say that hasn't already been said multiple times. Um, I think the the two strongest points about this show are, one, the protagonist, Yoshida, incredible, and two, the story and the writing. And there's nothing particularly spectacular about the animation in the show. Um, there's nothing particularly spectacular about the soundtrack in this show um, or even the supporting characters. But you don't need all of that to still have a solid anime. And Higehiro is a perfect example of that. Again, there's nothing wrong with the animation or with the supporting characters or the soundtrack. But what really carries the show is how well done the writing is and how intriguing and gripping and compelling the actual story is. I'd be happy to take an anime like this that has just good animation but amazing storytelling over something that looks incredible but has a shitty story at the end of the day. I would certainly recommend Higehiro as a hidden gem of spring 2021 and anyone that hasn't watched it definitely should. It's well worth the 13 episodes to experience a story that's heartfelt, heartbreaking, um, has endearing characters, and ultimately has a really solid ending because I don't think that anyone that watches this will ultimately be disappointed. And plus, who wouldn't want to watch a show that's called After Being Rejected, I Shaved and Took in a High School Runaway? And that wraps up episode 43 of Strictly Anime. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every Monday. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on the anime we review. You'll also find more info on Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.